This is Comic Chat episode 16. Thank you guys for supporting Comic Chat for these uh, 16 weeks. Um, I am your host, Glendon McGee. I'm a nine-year comedian in the Phoenix, Arizona area. Uh, I'm originally from Compton, California. And uh, you can find this wonderful podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcast, Radio Public, and uh, Breaker. Um, today's date is Monday, February 8th, 2021. Yes, uh, it's the first episode of February. Um, hopefully everybody had a great weekend. We had the uh, Super Bowl yesterday. Um, I'll get into that a little bit later. It may be uh, passionate. I may lose some listeners for how I feel about the Super Bowl. But (laughs) um, I just don't. I I see something that maybe ordinary people or regular people don't see about the Super Bowl. It's really not about football. It's some other crap. But um, I'll get into that later. Uh, I'm going to start off this episode with uh, something a little different. I'm going to start off with some comedy. I would uh, I would have done a moment of silence, but it's just too many people dying right now. But uh, heavyweight, former heavyweight champion uh, Leon Spinks passed away on February 5th. Uh, he's famously known, known for... Uh, defeating Muhammad Ali in Muhammad Ali's last great fight uh, before he ended up retiring. Um, He was a legend, and dude was a bad man, and him and his brother, Michael, who probably got his career ended by uh, the young Iron Mike Tyson, you know, knocked the hell out of him, and had his eyes rolling around his head like the Undertaker. It was, uh, man, it was was crazy. But uh, Sphinx Brothers... They were some bad brothers in uh, Leon. I think he was the baddest of them, both of them. And uh, now he's gone. You will be missed, Mr. Leon Spinks. I want to start off with something a little different. Uh, I'm going to start off with a, a comedy topic. And it's uh, bombing. And, like, after a bomb specifically, I, I think that... Uh, after a bomb, you should let it burn. And, and what I mean by that is uh, there, there, there's two type of comics uh, after a bomb. There's, there's comics who who's listen to other comics or stay at the show after they bomb. Uh, or, and there's comics that just bolt for the door. Uh, and what I mean by let it burn, I think you should be the one that stays... And, and watches the, the rest of the show because you never know that uh, what you may learn from some other comic because uh, it's all the same thing and you can learn something from anybody on stage whether they're doing bad or good there's always something that you can learn if you pay attention to uh, people who are performing but I, I think that people who bolt after they set, I think it's because they—they—it's uh, not particularly because they bombed or they predict they did—they did bad. 
I think that they they leave because they tell themselves a bunch of negative stuff after they get off stage. They they walk with the negative thoughts like I suck or I'm not good or I'm wasting my time or why should I be doing this? Uh, I should have stayed in school or I should have kept my job or, or whatever uh, doubt and negative uh, thoughts that creep in to, to your mind after you feel like you, you perceive yourself as a failure for uh, the moment. I think that uh, you should just not be so um, reactionary and taking it so personal that you don't even want to be around comedy because if, if you want to be a comedian, then you should always, uh, or at least most of the time, be surrounded by the energy of comedy. I know that uh, bombing sucks and, and it hurts, but uh, I don't think that um, just leaving right after you, you get off is the best thing because uh, your emotions could be misleading you. There might be someone there who actually thought you was funny, even though a bunch of people may not come up to you and, and say, uh, man, that was funny. <laughs> One person might just do it and that might just give you the strength to continue uh, getting on stage and improving as a comic. Uh, but a lot of comics, they um, they try to prove themselves to, to people who don't give a fuck. Whether it be uh, other comics or um, uh, the lady that they're dating, their, their mom or their family. It's, it's, it's people who don't give a fuck. And I don't think it's just comics that do that. I think it's everybody to an extent. We all living uh, to improve our uh, standing in other people's perception. You know, and I don't think that it really matter because uh, you never know. For one, you can't control what other people think. Uh, you never know truly what a person think about you. Just because they say something out their mouth don't mean that that's what they truly believe about you because people like to wear masks and hide. So, uh, don't try to prove yourself to, to other people because there's a 95% chance that that person probably don't even care about you. <laughs> and then you'd be wasting your time. It's like, uh, beating a rock. All you're going to do is get tired because if a person is convinced that you're this in their own mind, then there's really nothing you can do to change their mind and to think that you could do so is an illusion and you um, setting yourself up for a headache. But also, I think that a lot of younger comics bomb because uh, they don't build a five. They too busy trying to live off reputation instead of live off repetition. I think that you should build a five-minute set. You should start off with a couple jokes that you wrote and, and see which ones get chuckles. And then when you, when you try to do the same set again the next time, you try to increase the chuckles into a full laugh. Because it's not really your jokes that make people laugh. It's how you tell them. And what you're talking about, if people can relate. Because a lot of comics, I talked about this in a previous episode, a lot of comics like to be edgy because they look up to the 
the the rebel comics or the guys that TV makes looks like look like badasses, and uh, they think they should do the same thing because they feel like that's what makes the big bucks and and that's what you know people want to see. But that's only a certain uh, demographic of people who want to hear that type of a uh, vulgar and just in your face uh, comedy. But back to my point, like build a five. Pay attention to your jokes. Record your sets, whether it be video or audio. And pay attention to where you're getting laughs. Even if it's not the setup, pay attention to where the laughs come. Because that's where the legs are in the joke. And once you see that the joke has legs, then you can expand on the idea and probably rewrite the joke. Because rewriting is very important. I do a lot of rewriting in my head. So I, I really be uh, lazy with that. But it, that's what works with, for me. So I can't uh, say that it's a, a total um, bad. Eff- um, that's a totally bad idea because it works for me. Uh, but work on Build your five and tell that five for at least a year. So that you can have it down like the back of your hand. Like if somebody in your family or somebody that you, you know, at the bus stop talking to and you tell them you do comedy and they'd be like, tell me a joke. You could just rattle off a joke right there because you, you know that five like the back of your hand. It's all about repetition, not reputation. Like we all want to be uh, perceived as uh, the top guy or the top woman or the top comedian in the world but some of us have to accept that we ain't there yet most of us have to accept that we ain't there yet and that's part of uh trying to get there or wherever there is in your mind is accepting where you are right now because you have to be happy regardless of what you're um, blessed with or where you perceive yourself in your existence. The first key to changing your existence in in an upward trend is to um, stay happy and accept your current position. Um, That brings me to my next point. Complaining. Complaining birth more complaints. Because everything we think And everything we say leads up to what we do. But most importantly, everything we say travels out of our mouth and up into the universe. And it reflects itself to the universe. And then the universe takes it as a request from our heart as to what we desire in our reality. And it brings forth more of that which we speak. So complaining just births more complaints. And I, I, I feel that it's best that we focus on solutions when we have a problem in our life rather than the uh, perceived problem itself. Because the more you think about, oh, I can't get over this problem or how am I going to do this or I don't have enough money for this, that's all you're going to receive back is more doubt and fear and uh, helplessness. So I think that's why you should focus on 
solutions rather than the problem because you have to shrink your problems so that you can amplify the solutions but we do it in reverse we amplify our problems that which shrinks the solutions which makes us desperate and leads to us being depressed and and suffering from like low self-esteem and having a totally uh misguided perception of ourselves to ourselves which leads to a um, spiraling reality um, another thing we do is we refuse to accept what we cannot see. And a lot of people say, um, there is no God because we can't see it or babies die or, you know, tragedies happen. There's no God. Why does that, why does that have to happen? If there was a God, wouldn't he stop that? Okay. Uh, he created all of that. For, for for once, uh, for for one, it, it was created by that force. Before we were ever born, all these tragedies were already written down, and and they're playing out. Our whole lives are already playing out. This is probably uh, our millionth life. We don't know how many times we've been here because this life is endless. But um, my point is, maybe we not looking for the right perception of, of God or whatever you choose to call it because uh, that's why we can't see it because we, we have our own uh, selfish perception of what it may look like. Uh, and I think that we can see the, the light of God in other people when you see, um, when you do something nice for someone or when someone does something nice for someone else, period. When someone expresses love, I think that's when we we see God. But we're too busy looking for a uh, magic man with a cross around his neck that walks around and touches people and instantly heals all their uh, problems and afflictions. And uh, I think that's just not the case. I think that the, the, the spiritual force that we, we come to know as God is an uh, a energy with a frequency, a vibration, and a tone. It's a light, a beam of light. And it's, just, it's in infinite colors, and it's just in an infinite space. But that's just what I, I choose to believe. But you can believe whatever you want. I'm not going to say that anyone is wrong for trying to seek a spiritual base in their life, rather it be through religion or some other spiritual practice. Because uh, our connection to God or whatever you call it is personal. So it's up to you how you feel you connect uh, with the spirit. My thing is just try to connect with something spiritual on, on some level because things are are getting uh, kind of chaotic. And when you um, let your ego guide you through chaos, it's just going to provoke you to become more of the chaos. It's not going to provoke you to rise above the chaos. It's just going to tell you uh, to do something chaotic and match that energy and therefore bringing that um, 
into your life. And another thing is uh, the fear of not knowing. I think a lot of us stop ourselves from growing because we we think we want to know everything. Everybody want to be perceived as the smartest, as the, the the most well-dressed, the richest, the the biggest, the baddest, or whatever. And I think that that uh, set, sets us back because we shut our minds off to so much uh, infinite knowledge that is out there. Because once you say, I know, you shut off all receptors of knowledge you're no longer open to anything new because you already told yourself in your mind that you know so there's nothing more that you can gain you believe that there's nothing more that you gain so you put a block on your mentality and and growth and change and then you you live in the same uh idle position and then you start blaming blaming others and becoming bitter and uh, just giving up on yourself. And you may it may uh, lead you into addiction because that's uh, what happened to me. I didn't like believe in myself. Like I said before, I didn't believe in myself. I thought I was a failure. Uh, I, I didn't go to college. I, I graduated high school by the skin of my teeth. And I just was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. But uh, being a young person. I just figured that I didn't know anything, and that's why I was struggling so much, because I wasted a lot of time doing things that was uh, counterproductive to knowledge. There's a lot of distractions. I was serving myself with, like, video games and and girls and, and, and going to the mall instead of, like, picking up a book and reading it, which is something that I've started to do since we've been in this uh, pandemic so to speak. I don't even know if we should call it that anymore. It's been almost 11 months. It's kind of a way of life now for me. Um, Going to the store with a mask on, it's it's still annoying, but I'm just, I see that it's something that they're trying to condition us for and and we can't do anything to to combat it. And everybody's uh, was mad at Tom Brady because before the game, he, he was not wearing a mask walking into the arena. But he's Tom Brady. He he has uh, more privileges than, than us because he throws a football. But um, I know I just got off topic. But the fear of not knowing blocks you from growing and that brings me to growth it takes patience and uh, it's worth it that's one thing I can say about the patience it takes to to grow as a human being is worth it because I have been growing for almost three years of February uh, 27th it will make three years that I um, since I had my uh, last drink and I've grown so much. I've learned how to accept myself and accept other people and not be so angry and argumentative and uh, judgmental to an extent. 
So growing takes patience, but it took a lot to to get to these near three years of sobriety from alcohol. Uh, because the first month it was very um it was very hard because I had not serious withdrawals, but there were withdrawals. I would feel uh, weak. I would sweat. My heart rate would go up and down. Um, I would get headaches. I didn't have an appetite for uh, a couple of days. It was hard for me to sleep. And being uh, up all night for four days because your body is dependent on alcohol can be rough. It can be rough. <clears throat> and... Uh, there was times where I wanted to quit <clears throat> trying to be sober. I wanted to just be like, all right, I'm just going to be an alcoholic for life because this shit hurts. But I thought about my children and like other things in my life that I really wanted to do. And I like, like be a better comedian. I, I noticed that I wasn't. You know, I wasn't as funny as I could be when I was drunk all the time. So that kind of led me to want to test my potential by sobering up, too. But it was just really hard. Uh, But after the first couple months, I was just like, all I have to do is not drink again and then and I'll be okay. But it still took patience. Because there was times where I was craving it. There was times where um, I just wanted to see if I could have one drink and and see if it had a... Just to see if it had that hold over me still. But I didn't do it because I didn't want to risk falling back into a a three-month relapse of everyday uh, drinking uh, vodka. (laughs) It was... It was not a a very good time for me, but growth takes patience. And uh, if if you um, give yourself the time to improve, it it will happen for you. And you will be a happier person for it in the end. Um, I want to talk about luxury because um, I was really, what, what led to me uh, having problems uh, early in my adult life was my perception of myself in high school. I was kind of a loner because I didn't really want to fit in with other people. Because in order to fit in with other people, you had to have labels. And what I mean by labels is like name brand clothes and name brand food or whatever. You know, you have to follow some sort of uh, protocol or guidelines in order to to fit into the herd of, of humanity. And I was totally against that because my mother could not afford to uh, give buy me all that stuff. And even if she did now, looking back, if she did have the money, I, I wouldn't wanted I wouldn't have wanted her to spend it on something so trivial because it had nothing to do with me as a person because I had friends I just didn't have that many friends I, I just like now I don't have that many friends because I just don't hang out with that many people because I don't think 
on the same level as, as most people. I don't uh, live in a world of, of common thought. Like, I'll question something. I'll question something like the Super Bowl or like the NBA being rigged and all that. I'll question it. I'll actually uh, think about it. I won't go and do a bunch of research because uh, arguing with people online and, and appearing like a, a, a Facebook or Instagram smartass is not my life goal. So I'm not going to sit there and Google a bunch of numbers and facts just for to, to throw it at somebody who already convinced. <laughs> but um, yeah, luxury is not, you know, love. I, that's, I think that's a big problem in our society, especially amongst, um, I can't even say that. I was going to say women, but no, it's really a guy thing too, because you got to have the J's and you, you got to have the funny bright colors. You got to look like a peacock, you know, when you go outside, you know, if you, if you're not, if you're not living like that, you, you, you're not living. It's, it's real, uh, it's a real insecure thing. And it leads people to do things like uh, sell drugs and commit crimes and kill people, you know, just for uh, these labels that we uh, choose to to uh, be our our uh, our bar of acceptance, if if you if you will. <laughs> it just it it makes us do a lot of treacherous things because we think that that is the way to love and it's not love is an energy that you uh, are born with and made out of it comes from your heart every time your heart pumps it's love coming out if your inner reflection is love but if your inner reflection is doubt and bitterness and all that stuff that's what you're going to pump out when your heart beats and that's what's going to surround your outward reality that's really what's going to mess up your life. Not the fact that you got a Corvette or Jordans or uh, money in the bank. Uh, that's not going to do anything. It's just going to, if anything, it's just going to amplify what you insecure about. Because usually people do things like when people have a, a large extravagance, you know, that's just to make up or compensate for something that they felt they lacked as a child. And it's usually some love or some form of affection that, you know, they felt like they were deserving of that they didn't get from a parent or someone of that they really admired. So it, it tricks us into thinking that uh, luxury is love and is not um matter of fact I think that um I'm gonna talk about the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl was a piece of shit. It was one of the most rigged games I ever seen in my life. And then Tony Romo and all the media, I see how it all break down. The media, they just talk to keep you distracted. So you won't actually pay attention to what's going on in the field because 
you hearing, oh, look at that. He's running. Like you're not even really looking at what's going on because their voice is blocking you from giving your complete focus to the game. I've seen how they want Tom Brady to be considered the greatest uh, athlete ever. It's some total white supremacy. You know, white people playing with their uh, playing with they they superiority complex again. And it's uh it was just really despicable to see that they beat Patrick Mahomes up like that. <laughs> I thought the Chiefs were gonna win until uh I heard that Patrick Mahomes two best offensive linemen were were uh mysteriously caught COVID. And I and I don't that's another thing. I think they can use COVID to remove players out of the game in key games so that it affect the outcome along with all the bogus flags but we all saw the game rather you want to believe it or not Tom Brady is bogus and they basically told us the truth about Tom Brady if you look at the Brady 6 they basically told us that he he sucked but they built him up to be this uh, great quarterback. But we all know, we we want, we all low-key want this or something because we know the deflate gate and the uh, spy gate and all that cheating that he he did in old wonderful New England. But everybody's saying, oh, it was Tom Brady who, who won all those championships with the Patriots. It was the referees and cheating that won the Patriots and now the Buccaneers, all those championships. But I guess congratulations to uh, the Buccaneers and Massa Tom, Massa Brady. <laughs> he won another championship. He he greater than the black boy, Michael Jordan, because he got seven rings and Michael only got six rings. Is <laughs> See how it is? It's just, it's just a bunch of... Uh, fantasy, bunch of fantasy, and we we devote our life to it, and we uh, wear these uh, memorabilia like these players really care about us. Patrick Mahomes, I hope that um, this doesn't ruin his career because he got folded up in every which way that you could get folded up, and he spent the whole game running for his life. Seems like they just wanted to beat up on a mixed person. And I think that it was a vendetta for old Kaepernick uh, taking a knee. I think they built old Patrick Mahomes up to break him down. And they literally broke him down. And it was really a, a disgraceful act. They should have took that man out of the game. The game had been over since the second quarter. The Chiefs didn't even score a touchdown. There was no reason for him to uh, be in that game. But this has been um, Comet Chat, episode 16. I'm not going to apologize for anything I just said because fuck the NFL, fuck the NBA, all those sports organizations. All they do is play with our emotions and take the money because we feel like there's nothing uh, better to do with our time. But as always, 
uh, time to invest in yourself instead of investing in these rich people who don't even bother to come and see you and get mad if you ask them to put their name on a fucking piece of paper for you. Um, I'll be at Tempe Tavern tomorrow. Um, El Charles Hipster on Wednesday. I'll be at The Revelry at 1065 East Dobson Road on Thursday. Uh, Sunday, uh, Valentine's Day, is JP Comedy Club in Gilbert. Find them on uh, Instagram at JP's Comedy Club. Uh, that's in Gilbert on Valentine's Day. Bring your guy or your girl and have a night of laughs at some desperate single comics who have no idea what they're doing with their life. Um, yeah. This has been Comic Chat. Episode 16. Um, the Revelry on Thursday. That's a show being uh, put together by Joshua Harrison. Find him on Instagram at Joshua Harrison Comedy. That's Joshua, at Joshua Harrison Comedy. Um... Yes. So this has been Comic Chat episode 16. Uh, I am your host, Glenda McGee. Uh, thank you all for listening to this podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. And also on this wonderful uh, platform, Anchor. Uh, find me on Instagram at GM3Comedy. On Facebook at Glendon Sin Black McGee. That's S Y N Black McGee. Uh, Till next week, guys. Spread love, peace, harmony. Have a harmonious week. And it shall come back to you tenfold. Thanks for your support. I love you all. And goodbye.